You're working again tonight? Joyce pouted earlier when he informed her that he couldn't join her for dinner after all. I thought you were on vacation. Vacation. Yeah, right. He might be spending as many long weekends as he can at his sprawling seven-bedroom summer house, complete with tennis court, pool, and private beach, but he doesn't really use the amenities. His mind is rarely far from his Wall Street office. He watches the caterer make a note on a clipboard, then look up with a brisk smile. We'll do the red wine next. Actually, Marvin, it's Merlin. Oops. Actually, Merlin, I'll leave that up to you. But I'm sure you'll choose the right wine. But if you'll excuse me, I'd better get back to work, Tom says in his best class-dismissed tone, pushing back his chair. I could have been a teacher in another life, he thinks, watching as Merlin takes his cue and begins clearing away the wine glasses and bottles. A teacher. Sure. That would have gone over well with Mother. About as well as Tom's sister Susan's temporary engagement to an actor a few years ago. An Oscar nomination and a Beverly Hills mansion meant little to Mother. What counted more than anything as far as she was and is concerned is breeding. Susan's former fiancé didn't have it. The man she eventually married does. And so, Tom thinks with a twinge of resentment, does Joyce. Like him, she grew up on Park Avenue and in Southampton. Like him, she went to all the right schools, rubbed shoulders with all the right people. Like him, she's attractive and intelligent. Unlike him, she's thinking that it's time to settle down. As far as Tom is concerned, his whole life has been settled down. He can't help longing to, well, unsettle. I'll just need to go over a few more details with you, and that'll be out of your hair, Merlin announces, breaking into Tom's errant thought pattern. Which is for the best, of course. There's little time for daydreaming when you're in the midst of putting together a multi-billion dollar corporate takeover bid to acquire a New England-based seafood packaging company and hosting a political fundraiser for 200 of your, make that your mother's and sister's, closest friends. With a sigh, Tom dutifully shifts his attention from fantasies about unsettling to Myron and his clipboard. The next morning, Annie is sitting on the porch swing with Trixie, a bag of cheese crackers and a dog-eared copy of Green Eggs and Ham on her lap when she hears the rain-dampened gravel crunching at the foot of the driveway. For a moment, the most fleeting and exhilarating of moments, she thinks Andre's home. Then the familiar bittersweet sound of crunching gravel gives way to the sight of a vehicle that isn't Andre's truck. Now it's Merlin's latest ridiculously extravagant purchase, a cherry-red 1956 Mercedes convertible 220S. What that cost him, Annie thinks ruefully, would probably provide a few years' college tuition for one of her kids. Stop resenting Merlin's money, she chides herself. His money and his newfound domestic bliss with Jonathan, a Sag Harbor antiques dealer he met in January. A lifelong friendship shouldn't be tainted by the fact that Merlin is living happily ever after, while Annie has become the widow Harlow, as Merlin himself dubbed her after one too many margaritas at a Cinco de Mayo bash last month. Merlin's black sense of humor, 
along with his checkbook, have buoyed her through this stormy year. She has no right to resent his good fortune.